Mate, good evening. Hey, how are you, mate? Buddy, I'm good. I'm good. That's great. How's that new smartwatch of yours going? The Garmin. Oh, so many personal goals have been achieved today. <laughs> I achieved my step goal, my level goal, my floor goal. I don't, I'm not quite sure what any of it means, but um, it's certainly proving distracting. So, you've got the Garmin watch. You went for the Garmin dedicated smartwatch opposed to the Google Wear OS operating system or the Apple Watch, the ubiquitous Apple Watch. Yep. Why? I think I was just more comfortable with the Garmin because I don't owned a very simple golf version of the Garmin previously. But um, I like the heart rate monitor and I like the different sports functions on it and um, that you can choose choose its own face. I don't really put too much uh, thought into these purchases. So you choose between the Tiger Woods face or the Jack Nichols face, depending on yeah. how you're feeling. Nostalgic. Or contemporary philanderer, philanderer, philanderer. Is he a philanderer or philanthropist? He's probably got a little bit of philanthropy in him, but I'm thinking. He's, I think his his main uh, main pastime is philandering. Philandering. Yeah. See, I think it's. I've seen this watch of yours. You speak of. I can see it right now in front of me. It's a smart watch. Um, I like it. Um, I it, like to. I like to use the word timepiece. And with the heart rate monitor, I think it'd be fair to call it your heart piece as well. Oh, absolutely. Boom, tish. I think it's a much better looking watch than my watch. So I had an accident um, on my bike uh, around Christmas time and my 15-year-old swatch that I bought from you years ago secondhand, I think you charged me a tidy... $70 $70 with a band that was falling apart. I'm pretty sure I paid above I'm sure it eBay was, price. I'm sure it was retail less 10%. That's my standard rate. No matter, so, no matter the age of the goods. So, to have bought a watch from you, should I have paid more for the pleasure or less because it's second hand? You pay a premium because you know that at some point in time I have wanted to buy that and I thought that was a good purchase. So, you, you pay a premium knowing that you can buy with that confidence. So, you were like a pre-Kardashian. You basically had essentially endorsed this product through your own ownership. Yeah. I mean, call me a buyer's agent. I mean, a buyer's agent who purchases it and owns it and uses it for a period of time before passing it on to the client. Or call you Kylie Jenner. You could call me Kylie Jenner if you wanted to. (laughs) So, I had that watch beforehand and I had this accident and unfortunately, I destroyed it. I've been dibbling and dabbling and toing and froing about buying the Apple Watch. And I saw the Garmin and I was about to buy the Garmin, but I decided to go for the Apple Watch. Well, basically, after my watch was destroyed a few days before Christmas, my partner bought me the Apple Watch to replace the destroyed, beloved Swatch Watch from yours truly, which I'd had for 15 years. And I like it a lot. I don't like the square face at all, but I love everything about it. If it had a round face, it would otherwise be perfect for me. I think it's got a, a touchscreen, which um, the Garmin doesn't have. I, I think it's much more intu- intuitively sort of user-friendly. Hang on. So, the Garmin doesn't have a touchscreen? No, no, no. So, no, how do you no. orientate around between modes and enter information? I still haven't worked that out. There's four buttons to press and I just press all four until something happens. <laughs> That's bizarre. I just assumed it did because I use the touchscreen for everything and the... 
major feature I use is recording notes, such as driving the car, and I think, ah, what's a great podcast topic for us to discuss? And I record something on my phone. I'm sorry, on my watch. The more I think about it, there's no reason for the watch that I've got to have cost what it did. Unless you're some sort of multi-sport freak athlete who just runs and trail bikes and kayaks and mountain climbs and I don't know. I think it would take me a long time to work out its full capabilities of function, but I don't think it can do anything half the shit that the um, Apple one can. So your watch is something that the Apple watch can't do. It's much more of a fitness piece. So it does the heart rate and the GPS and all fitness stuff perfectly really well. The Apple watch is a health watch. So it's more generalist in the sense that it does fitness stuff. It does GPS. It does heart rate monitoring. It has lots of apps and stuff because it's a really wide platform. It's Apple endorsed, but it's not as specialized. Like I think your watch mm. is more of an athlete's watch. If you're serious, if you're a serious triathlete, for well, example, that's why I got it. Yeah, because you're a serious athlete. As our previous podcast episode attested, you back yourself. You consider yourself a sportsman. Consider yourself a man who's competitive. Yeah. Yeah, long story short, I think yours is a much better looking watch than mine. But I do like that mine's in the Apple ecosystem. And I like that it actually kind of works seamlessly with my phone. I'm really enjoying the paying feature. Um, Being able to tap my phone is so convenient. I went to this supermarket the other day. I just bought eggs and bread. One of those drop-in corner store purchases where you basically just need a couple of things to top up the house. And I thought, oh, I wondered for a second, oh, can you use credit card or, you know, tap and pay for those tiny purchases, particularly in small corner stores where they're reluctant to pay the 2% surcharge to Visa or MasterCard or American Express. And they were fine. And I used my watch. And there was this tradie next to me, a carpenter, was waiting to buy something after me and he looked at me and he smiled he had some terrible teeth and was missing about half of them nice guy though and he said ah oh, technology it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> now i just looked at him and said i love the convenience like it was some sort of apple advertisement and walked out the door that was pretty cool being able to do that and then go for a swim in the afternoon at the pool. You weren't tempted to pay it forward and pay for his slab of VB on your watch as well? I was tapping my wrist again yeah. on the machine. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Okay. And then I rode that afternoon to the pool and went for a swim, bought some paddle pops, called my partner on the phone, did all of that with just my watch. That was pretty convenient, pretty cool. No wallet, no phone. No wallet, no phone. No credit cards, no cash. And I also listen to music as well, on it as well, because it streams through Apple Music. And, and without sounding like an advertisement, that was pretty convenient. So and, I did, and, and a Bluetooth from the phone, from your watch to your headset. Yeah, so to my wireless Bluetooth headset. Mm. And I swam in the pool and used it as well and got out of the pool, dried in the sun, made a call, uh, made a note. So the only thing it doesn't do that mine would do in that situation is measure your laps and your stroke and all that sort of stuff. I think it does that as well. Wow. I think yours is more accurate. What? I think yours... What? Oh, I'm second-guessing my purchase. Now, yours looks 10 times better than mine. Mine looks like a Casio 1986 calculator watch. 
Yours is like a. Sm- There's just something about the round face. But but they've sort of got that ubiquitous Apple styling. Like you see someone wearing that watch, and you know it's an Apple watch, which is what they're going for. But like the Prime Minister of Australia wears one. Like you know, you're it's, kidding. Yeah, Big Mal wears one. Does he wear like a particularly tailored bespoke leather band? Not that I've recognised. See, I think that if you saw this watch when it was first introduced, you'd go, it's ugly. But because it's Apple and then it becomes everywhere, I think you learn to like it. But I don't think it's innately a nice design. A round face is a classical face, is a smart face. I think they've, they've deliberately done that face so that it is instantly recognisable as an Apple Watch from a distance. I think you're right. I think it's more functional being square as well because we're used to having square screens with our phones and computers so you can fit more information on, you can read and write and respond. Yeah. I think, though, that as an example perhaps of function ruling over form or style, another example of that is that notch on the iPhone ten, which I have, where they have to have a notch to accommodate the camera and the uh, sensor that detects your face, the 3D face sensor detector to unlock the phone. And I find the notch ugly. But interestingly enough, a lot of Chinese competing phones or counterfeits are now embracing the infamous notch because that notch has become the style, the aesthetic style, like it or lump it. Sort after. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're both winning with our watches. We're both happy campers. Mm. And I think by generation four of your watch and my watch, they'll find that sweet spot where it has the features you need, like there's already Garmin Pay, which has come in, so you can now pay by tapping your watch on the machine. I think in Australia, Commonwealth Bank is the bank that's the, I think the only bank that signed up to it. So it's not quite as commonplace as Android Pay from Google or Apple. But once that becomes more common, you'll be just the big dog, top dog in town. If I'm not already. Even more so, is what you're saying. Hey, speaking of uh, smartphones and Apple products and stuff, have you ever had that weird feeling when you've got your phone in your pocket or you think you do and you feel like your quad muscle, your leg vibrate to indicate a text message or something and you go to check your phone and it's actually fine, there isn't a message, nothing has come through... And weirdly, your body has been conditioned to somehow expect yeah. a text message and kind of like the muscle twitches. Is that just me or have you experienced the same thing? Yeah, I experienced that. Mainly when I walk to work, if I've got my headphones on and, I, and I've got my phone in my pocket, I'll feel something, pull it out. No, nothing. Okay. So, what's with that? Is that, do you think, the way that our muscles, the actual muscles in our legs have been used to that kind of vibration and are then twitching and somehow this evolutionary response. Like an involuntary twitch. Yeah, or is it psychosomatic where it's all mental? The muscle isn't actually doing anything at all. And you just think, my phone's in my pocket. you feel it it vibrate. You think you feel it vibrate. Mm, I'm on my way to work. you actually don't get any physical sensation at all. I think a lot of it could be, yeah, you're expecting a message or you're expecting an email because it's a certain time of the day when you get a lot of them and it's in your pocket and, you just, and you'll be thinking about something else and you think, oh, what was that? It's just force of habit. I don't know what it is. I think it's like a really weird indication of how we're kind of evolving to become more robotic. 
you know how the future apparently is Google Glass glasses and uh, Snapchat spectacles and we're now wearing wearables like your Garmin and my Apple Watch and mm. the way that they're using uh, technology to help people hear and see by using various implants inching closer and closer to some sort of Star Trek Borg or Terminator type combination of robotics and human uh, flesh. Yeah. It is weird that the body reacts to what the brain is expecting or thinking because we've conditioned ourselves to want it or need it. Yeah, the fact that so many people are openly wearing technology on their person, not just carrying around with them, that's sort of the next level, isn't it? And soon I think they'll be implanting it in there. You'll be getting an Apple Watch implant on your wrist. Oh, I think that tech is already here. It's a case that it's a step too far. I think we need like a few small steps between now and then for people to kind of accept it and for it to become more commonplace. Yeah. Like that guy recently, he put his Opal card, he put an Opal card chip in his wrist. Oh, yeah, the train card. So yeah. to make his life more convenient Yeah. for five seconds per day times two. Yeah. But I think it was doing to prove a point that it could be done, I suppose. I'm not sure. Did he insert the entire credit card-sized device or just the small chip from the card? I think he somehow sliced it open and took the chip out. If there's a chip, I'm not sure. Whatever's inside that records everything, he took that out and sliced open his skin and slid it under the surface, I think. It's like tattooing, but they insert those metal pieces under their skin. You know, mm. that thing where people put, like, massive objects. Yeah, but what's in what's in a chip? Like, it could be lead, mercury, I don't know, whatever else is in... What makes up a computer chip? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd probably You're not, right. Probably not lead and mercury, but, you know, I'm no... Yeah, like asbestos. I'm no chemist. <laughs> yeah. People obviously have those wires inserted into their brain... And then attached to hearing aids. Oh, yeah, like a cochlear type thing. Yeah, mm. that's the same sort of thing, but I guess that's designed that way, whereas the guy's Opal train card was designed for his wallet, not for his body. So there is a chance... Why some stop with the might. Opal? Why not put your e-tag, put that under your skin or something? After driving your car. You put it in your forehead. So when you actually so go underneath a toll on a freeway, it just goes beep beep. All you got to do is lean forward and so that your forehead registers through the windscreen. Because you got it implanted above your head. Uh, speaking of uh, that sort of stuff, did you follow when Google released their Google Glasses the first time? Oh, I remember that it was a bit of a flop from privacy concerns. and Yeah. Yeah. So it was a total flop originally, but in a sense that it was more like the public rejected it because you could basically be on a train, see someone across the carriage from you, blink, to take a photograph and then it would find that photograph of that person on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or whatever and give you all this information about them. So essentially, uh, you could spy on uh, people really easily and yeah. identify them by just looking at them. And so it was pretty much rejected by the press and that there was a lot of public outrage. Yeah. Weirdly, when Snapchat released their kind of brightly colored, almost disposable looking Snapchat spectacles, as they're called, I think around July 2017... Because I think they were the second company to do it. You know how there's these two phrases, like the first one is called the frontier company or the frontier idea builder. And the ones that come second or third or fourth are called the settlers. And settlers have an easier time of doing it because the frontier explorers have already broken ground. In this case, basically, Google conditioned everyone to 
make Google Glass more acceptable. As it transpired, everyone rejected it as being unacceptable, but they got to kind of test the market. And Spectacles comes along, released by Snapchat, who have a younger demographic of people who are less concerned about privacy because they've kind of grown up in a world where you opt into privacy opposed to opting out. Mm. It's kind of assumed that you share everything unless you consciously don't. And they totally embrace these things. And then to actually market them, they release these spectacles in vending machines, in pop-up vending machines all around New York without any notice to try and create this buzz. So rather than go the Google route where they created a product and then tried to perhaps impose it onto the marketplace... Snapchat did the same thing, but they made it desirable by its scarcity. Yeah, right. So people were rushing to different corners of New York to try and get these glasses. And the people who were rushing were the people who weren't concerned about privacy, who weren't the journalists concerned about everyone's rights being eroded and feeling violated. So it was the young people who were already sharing everything as Snapchats, as Snaps on Snapchat anyway, and they were the only target demographic. So the whole marketing campaign was targeted towards the demographic who weren't as anxious about the erosion of privacy. Interesting. I mean, I'm sure there's a market for anything, but whatever Snapchat sells, I'm not interested in buying it, but I'm sure there's millions of sub-23 rods who would be. Do you know what Snapchat is? No. I mean, yeah, no, I do, I do, I do, I do. So, describe to me... Um, it's Miranda what? Kerr's husband's product. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I think Even. its valuation has gone down from $5 billion to 3 Did you hear that situation where Kylie Jenner put out a tweet? So, Kylie Jenner... Is that you shaking your head on a podcast? <laughs> it's like when you're in court. <laughs> you, have to, you have to say... <laughs> you have to say it so the transcript can pick it up. Please, you need to actually declare your guilt for that manslaughter charge. Are you guilty? Shake the head. (laughs) No. um, Kylie Jenner put out a tweet, something along the lines of, is anyone even using Snapchat anymore? And their valuation dropped by some figure like 10, 15%. Really? And that valuation is... The company killer, Kylie. In a world of billions. So when she can make a company's valuation drop by 10, 15%, as a social media influencer with one single comment. That's fucking scary. Yeah. But basically, Snapchat is... I was going to say it's what Instagram copied with Instagram stories, but you don't use Instagram either, do I you? I know what Instagram... No, but Snapchat is, isn't is like five-second videos or maybe not even that long that you can send to someone and then they just delete themselves. Yeah, and it became famous when it first came out as about, you know, to be used... in terms you of being could, visual you could, you could texting, sex, sexting. You could sext someone. Yeah. It's it's more like it's disposable video. So essentially the video is up for a short time, usually twenty four hours, and it vanishes. Hmm. And if you try and do a screenshot of it, the app will inform the creator that you tried to capture uh, their temporary video. Is that right? You can still capture it. You can take a photograph of your phone with another phone. Right. But yeah. the point being is it's meant to be more disposable. So if I send you a Snapchat of me doing something I wouldn't want the world to see, you know, the mind boggles. And my mind is boggling right now. Yeah. Like, um, in a good way. You could get your second phone, play my Snapchat video for a period of 24 hours, and within that 24-hour period, you could film the video on from your other phone 
and there'd be nothing I could do about it. So, all these kids sending dick pics and stuff to their 15-year-old girlfriend in year 10 on the way to the formal or the graduation or whatever, they thought that it was just a temporary thing, but obviously, they're not smart as, as smart as we are. Yeah, I think it's pretty sad. There's two problems. One, you're right. Like, how easy is it just to take a video or photograph using another device, like another mobile of that other screen. But I think, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure back in the day when it was first released, you'd actually screen capture I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think there were a whole, I thought there were a whole series of sort of competing apps which you could download, which enabled you to keep them. Yeah, 100% and right. Then, and yeah. then Mr. Miranda Kerr was struggling to counteract that with uh, suitable protections for his users. See, Mr. Miranda Kerr was offered $1 to $3 billion. It's always that magic $1 billion mark you want to try and make with your startup. He was offered that by Facebook because Facebook's strategy is we just buy the competitor. So they bought Instagram, they yeah. bought WhatsApp, yeah. and they offered to buy Snapchat. And he said no because he wanted to be the next Facebook. He wanted to be the... 100-pound gorilla, yep. not the chimpanzee in the zoo. So they just then added the same features to Instagram. I think Miranda wants him to be the 100-pound gorilla every now and then as well. <laughs> oh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And so is she. Um, essentially, basically, Instagram just directly copied it because it wasn't something that you could patent. Mm. When you say directly copied, you mean Instagram enabled people to post videos instead of just photos. Yeah, Instagram just brought in what they call Instagram Stories, which was exactly the same feature as Snapchat. Oh, okay. So they already had like photographs, right? So they went, okay, if you won't accept our purchase offer, we'll just copy you, which they were arguably entirely legally able to do. And then people went, well, hang on, Instagram's awesome, it works. All the functionality of Snapchat, I now have Instagram. Why would I have Snapchat? And Snapchat's popularity has just sunk in the last 9 to 12 months because why would you have two things when one thing can do both? Uh, poor Evan. I'm sure he's crying in bed amongst his greenbacks, smoking cigars. Comes home, Miranda lays out on the king-size silk sheets and he just makes it rain every night. <laughs> you can't do hand gestures on a podcast. Everyone knows what make it rain looks like. So, if you've seen, like, Wolf of Wall Street or anyone just <laughs> doing, like... Um, in the club. Shake, like, a Polaroid picture or just sort of, like, in the club? In the club. Does 50 cent or 50 descent? Anyone, anyone who's been in a club... Knows how it goes. Where there's some rappers slash NFL players. I mean, we've all been there. We have. We've all been showered by their rain. <laughs> Mate, is there anything else to say or should we call it an early night? We'll call it, we'll call it a tea break. All right. Okay. It's uh it's it's three forty back in the old days, but three ten in the new days and it's uh, it's time for tea. Alright, I can see the little uh, Gatorade truck coming onto the field <laughs> yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>